Welcome to episode number 45 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with our finances. In the past, we've talked about finances require prayer and faith, talked about the importance of understanding our source for our finances. We've even discussed issues like how to obtain the blessings of God and how to keep our motives pure. And there's a lot of things we'll be talking about as these weeks and months go by. Well, today I'm going to continue teaching on the subject of God is our source in our finances. However, before we get into that, I'd like to just make a few comments about the podcast series or the podcast entitled Quality Christian Living. This concept of quality Christian living is so important to me because as a pastor and as a person who's worked in the church for so many, many years as a counselor and a teacher and someone who's just been there to help people in whatever way that I was able, I've noticed a lot of people seem to live below the level of joy, excitement, energy, fun, peace, that God intended for them. Our God created us to enjoy the creation that he made, to worship him and to love him and to care for other people. And it's hard for us to do that if we're not happy as Christians. There's an old song that we used to sing entitled, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. It was a great song and one that was very, very powerful, especially when I first became a believer, follower of Jesus Christ. So I'd like to talk just a second here before I get into finances today to talk about the importance of living a quality Christian life, a life that's filled with happiness. Life, yes, it's going to have trials and challenges, but a life that knows how to deal with the circumstances that are facing them. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, amazing thing. He says, I've learned how to be content in all things. He says, I've been rich. I've been poor. I've been hungry. I've been fed. And he goes on and on talking about his life. But he said, one thing he learned to do was to be content. I think what that means to me is that the Apostle Paul learned how to live a quality Christian life in spite of all the challenges that faced him. So that's what this is all about. And so in future series coming up and months and years ahead, we're going to talk about the significance of living a a wonderful quality Christian life, to know what it's like to, to walk in faith and to walk in love and to be able to be financially successful, but also to be able to be spiritually successful in the areas of, of having strong faith and believing for other people to be healed and marriages to be restored and just be there for other people. So we're going to get back into finances now, but I thought it was important to just take a little moment here today and talk about what quality Christian living is really all about. So now, as we get ready to go into today's topic, we're going to deal with God is our source in our finances. Some may be thinking from time to time that does God have the ability to bless us? Is he really our source? Does God have all the resources that the Word of God talks about? And if you're asking these questions, you might want to look into the Word of God and just kind of see the the God that we serve. In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 33, we have a powerful scripture talking about God's abilities. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, verses 6 and 7. It says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the Word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and lock the oceans in vast reservoirs. Now that's what I call resources. That's what I call ability. And our God is a God without limits, whereby we have limits. We have a limited amount of ability, a limited amount of wisdom. God has all wisdom. He has all knowledge, and he certainly owns all the resources in this world. When we think of our God as our source, we must always first think about our God and his love for us. He loves us so much that he gave his son 
He gave the life of his son that we could have everlasting life. When seeking God, we must first think about God as the creator. As I read in the psalm previously, he's the creator of heaven and earth and the seas and the oceans, the birds in the air, all the animals that we see. God is the creator of everything and we must worship him for who he is. Yet it's sometimes difficult for people to do that because they start to worship the creation. Today, across the world, people are worshiping, quite frankly, the mountains that God created and not worshiping God. They're worshiping the oceans, the sky, the sun, the clouds, the rain, the snow. These are things that God created. And yet, if we're not careful, we'll start seeking and going after the creation and not the creator. So I'm going to take you on a path of understanding how proper it is to seek God for who he is. I want to talk about drawing closer to God because if we don't draw closer to God, we're never going to be blessed financially. We'll never really ever become Christians, become followers of Christ. We'll never have the blessings of the Lord in our life. We could never live a true quality Christian life if we don't draw close to God. So there's a lot of frustration going on in the world today, a lot of quarreling, a lot of fighting, a lot of things taking place that people are trying to seek after what they want and what they desire and what's best for them and not what's best for this world, for other countries, and for others. So I'm going to take you into James in chapter 4, going to talk about drawing closer to God. If we want to look at God as our source, then we're going to have to learn how to draw close to Him. So James is speaking in chapter 4. I'm going to read probably starting at verse 1, see how many verses I read here because it's so important that we bring the Word of God into this teaching because if these teachings are not founded on the Word of God, then I don't think you should even waste your time listening to them. Quite frankly, I wouldn't be doing these podcasts if it wasn't for the Word of God and that being our source. Isn't it amazing to think that God left us this amazing instructions manual on how to deal with life, how to deal with our finances, how to deal with physical challenges and spiritual challenges. He talks about how to be a good parent and how to be a good husband or a good wife. He talks, quite frankly, about how to be a good employee and how to treat others and and that if we treat others properly, what's going to come upon us? He talks about how to treat our parents and how to love them and honor them regardless of whether they have been good to us it's important we understand that we must honor our parents and it just goes on and on so if he's dealing with everything then let's include in that everything understanding our finances and understanding that God is our source for our financial blessings so I'm going to read James chapter 4 verse number 1 what is causing the quarrels and fights among you don't they come from the evil desires of war within you you want what you don't have so you scheme and you kill to get it You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And then verse 3, this is is a really powerful verse. They're all great. This one is particularly strong, I think, to me. It reads, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You know, if we really want to understand how God is our source and that he's without limitations. We first must understand the desire that God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants a relationship with his people and he doesn't want a relationship based upon what he can just give them. He wants a relationship with people for who they are. There's no difference here on earth. When we meet someone, maybe if you're a fella and you've met a, a lovely lady and you fall in love with her and you're talking about marriage, thinking about having a permanent relationship with her, you want her to love you for who you are, 
not for what you can give her, what you can get for her. Or the same thing for a woman when she looks at a husband. She wants that husband to love her for who she is, not for the favors she can do for him or the way she can serve him or various things in her life that he wants from her. You see, that's what God wants. That's what that's what the scripture is talking about. We need to draw close to God. And when we draw close to God, we've got to examine the reason that we're drawing close to God. A lot of folks don't pray until they get sick. All of a sudden they get sick and they decide, okay, okay, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to really get serious about this. I'm going to read the word of God. And then all of a sudden they get healthy and they're stronger and they basically ignore God. It reminds me of the guy, the story of the guy who's driving around in the streets of New York and he's looking for a parking space. He's a Christian guy and he's saying, oh God, help me find a parking space. Help me find. And he's driving up one street and down another and up and down and up and down. And he's saying, Lord, please help me find a parking space. I need a parking space. And then all of a sudden he finds one and he, as he pulls into, he says, okay, God, never mind. You don't have to worry about it. I've found one myself. That's the kind of relationship that God does not want to have with us. He wants a relationship with us where we seek him and we desire him and we desire to be with him. We want to pray with him. We want to read his word. We want to get to know him better. We want to draw closer to him. And then because of all that, God will bless us. In our marriages, I think the problem a lot of people have in their marriages, they they think that their marriage is about what they can get out of it. And yet in reality, marriage is about about serving. As a husband, I always would tell our congregation, I'd say, church, I want to tell you something. I'm going to outserve my wife. I know she's a wonderful woman and she wants to serve me and she wants to do things for me and be a, a wonderful helpmeet with me. But I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to outserve her. So Sharon, I challenge you. I'm going to outserve you. And that is the kind of relationship that we should have in marriage. Well, there's no difference in our relationship with God. God wants us to serve him. Jesus came to earth to do what? To seek the lost and to serve the lost. He was serving people as they were persecuting him and coming after him. He was healing people and serving them. And yet that's why he was killed was because he was so successful in serving others. If you want to be blessed financially, then learn how to serve God first. Getting back to this this verse, these verses in James chapter 4, it's so powerful when we think that God doesn't want quarrels and stuff. In here, James wrote, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? And he says, it's because you're not happy. You're not content. You're not trying to help each other. You, It's what you want from other people. And you'll, it'll always be that way. It says, don't they come from the evil desires at war with you. And then it says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Now, in finances, a lot of people can become very ruthless in their finances. If there's one thing that I've learned over the years when a person is trying to deal with their finances and trying to be blessed of the Lord, is they've got to be careful that they don't get into financial conflict. I'm a strong believer that if you're in the middle of a financial conflict with someone, you should settle that dispute as fast as you can, as quickly as you can. I know that I have taught people over and over again in counseling sessions on finances based upon the Word of God that a quick settlement is always what's best. The Word of God tells us in the book of Proverbs that settle disputes quickly. Don't get into them and fight over them and argue over them. Settle them quickly. And the reason we need to settle them quickly is because if we don't, it'll rob our productivity. We'll lose all the advantage that we have in being successful financially if we allow ourselves to get wrapped up in constant disputes and constant disagreements. So we should settle disputes disputes quickly and realize that God is our source. He's our source in even settling disputes. He wants us to be at peace. The Bible says, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with other people. Now, I'm a big believer in that because I may offer peace. I may offer a settlement of some kind on a financial dispute, 
but I can't be on the other side of it and make that person accept that and let that person or make that person be at peace. Each person has to come to peace with God. And when they do, and then get in peace with each other and then expect God and believe God, and I believe God will bless them, and then he will become their source in their financial needs. It says you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill and get it uh, in order to get it. And then it says you are jealous of what you, what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You see, that that's the conflict that, that man has in our flesh. We're always going to be battling. We're always going to be fighting because the, the flesh is is really an enemy of God. The Bible says that, that it's really, quite frankly, uh, being at enmity with the Lord, being against God, being in battle with God is what the flesh is. The flesh is always fighting our spirit. I've taught a lot on spiritual preparation or spiritual growth is vital before we get financial blessings or financial growth because if we're not prepared spiritually to handle the financial blessing that's going to come upon us, we'll be a mess. We'll be in conflict, we'll have problems, and we won't know how to handle the financial blessings. Matter of fact, the financial blessings many times will draw us away from God rather than closer to God because they like some people like what the financials bring, and that's those things that the flesh desires, the lust of the flesh, those desires of wanting what other people have, and they and you can't get it, so then you just fight in order to take away from them. And then, then it goes on to talk in here at the end of verse 2, it says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So he's talking about all that conflict that's going on, and people are fighting with each other, and arguing about things, and trying to get more than the other person has and all that conflict that takes place in, with money, with finances. And then it says at the very end of, of verse number two, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. God wants us to ask him. God wants us to go to him. God desires his people to pursue him. God wants us to draw close to him. In this teaching on finances, we should constantly be finding ways. We should constantly look for ways, I should say, to please God, to draw closer to God, to ask him for guidance, for ask him for direction. I don't even, you know, I don't even like to drive out of my driveway anymore, get in my car and back out of the garage, unless I say, Father, pray that you would protect my driving. I pray that you would guide the route that I'm going to take. I please the precious blood of Jesus for protection over me as I'm driving. And I want you to, to, to direct our thoughts. Right, right now, my wife and I are going through a process of trying to purchase a home. We put our house on the market and sold it very quickly, and we were blessed. And we also negotiated. The Lord, I believe, inspired me to, to ask the man for us to live here for free for a number of months until he moves in. Now, he's purchased the house. We've received all of our finances, but now he can't have the house for six months until we decide to move out. And I did that because I didn't want to be under pressure and be rushed to try and find a house. I needed to take time to wait upon the Lord because God's my my source for my blessings in our finances and in our home. And so we prayed, my wife and I pray every day about it. And when we go house hunting, we get in the car and we pray, Father, we just pray you would bless us. I just pray your hand of protection. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that you would give us an understanding on these homes we're going to look at. If it's something we should purchase, then Lord, we'll be at peace about it. Because God wants wants us to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And he knows that that peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So in looking for a house, sometimes it's not real easy for a husband and wife to go out and look for a house. It can be a little stressful at times. So my wife and I pray that there'll be no stress, be no conflict, and be no disagreements. We just simply will serve each other and make sure the other person is 
going to receive in that house what they're looking for. So it's an interesting process we're going through. And quite frankly, some days it's fun. Some days it gets just a tiny bit stressful. And when it gets stressful, we just stop looking. We just look at each other and say, you know, let's just, let's go do something else. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's sit down. Let's relax. Let's pray about it a little bit and ask God to help us and give us wisdom and direction. Because I believe that God wants me to honor what he had written here in James chapter four at the end of verse two. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So we're going to ask God for it because God's my source. God has the resources to fulfill the desires of my heart. And I know that he wants to bless me. And then it goes on in verse three of chapter chapter four and says something really wonderful. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. That's verse I think is misquoted a lot. I think a lot of people think that it's just something that's thrown in there just to fill out that uh, chapter or that paragraph. But in reality, that's extremely important, a very vital message that God wants to get across to us. When we're looking to God as our source, we need to examine our motives. Are, are our motives pure? Are they righteous? Are they proper? If we want to have a big house so we can show off that other people that look at us, we've got this big fancy house and you don't, our motives are wrong and God's not going to bless that. I don't think that we should ever get into a house that's more for more money than what we can afford. I don't want to become a slave to purchasing a house. I don't want that house to be in control of me because we paid too much money for it or it costs too much money to maintain it. If God is my source in all my life and everything I'm doing, then I need to rely upon him to be, a, be the source to bring forth to us the home that's waiting for us. Sometimes when Sharon and I go out, I'll pray. I'll say, Lord, there's somebody out there that's living in a house and they're supposed to sell that house so that we can buy it because you want to bless us with it. Now, you might think that's a little bit kind of curt on my part and a little presumptive, but in reality, I like to think that way. I feel the same way when I drive into a parking lot. Lord, I pray that someone will move out of their parking space so that you can bless us with a good parking space. So when it comes to our house, we're praying right now, Lord. There's a house out there somewhere that someone is living in and I know they're supposed to sell it and move on because that's where you want us to be. So we claim that and we believe for it because you're our source. Because I want to come to you, God, as my source. I want you to bless and I want my motives to be pure. I want my motives to be right and to be proper, Father. And I want my motives to line up according to your word because I don't want to violate what it says here. You want only what will give you pleasure. Yes, I want this purchase of a home to be nice and to be pleasurable to my wife and I. But that is not the primary reason. Primary reason that I will go to God as my source and my finances is that I know he knows what I want. You see, a lot of times when we're trying to make financial decisions, we think we have all the answers and we know what we want. But in reality, God is the only one who knows what we're going to want tomorrow, the next day, the next month, the next year, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, God is aware of what we're going to want, what we're going to desire. And he wants us to make financial decisions based upon his work in our life, based upon the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us and telling us how to make good decisions. Now, it's probably important that I take a moment right here and talk about the Holy Spirit and how he helps us make good decisions when we're seeking God as our source for a financial blessing and that we're seeking God for his resources because he has unlimited resources. So therefore we go to him. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a way that gives us peace. And I believe that that's how we know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us because it's the peace of God that 
surpasses all understanding. Now, if that's not the Holy Spirit, I don't know what would be the Holy Spirit because it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, all common reasoning. And and it tells me that the peace of God is there for me to know that God is in this deal. And I don't mean laziness because sometimes I think some people look at peace as being just simply laziness. They don't want to make a decision, so they're just not going to do it. And so they ignore making a decision. But in reality, God wants to guide us. We we need to understand that he wants us to seek him. He wants us to be at peace with him. He wants us to, to acknowledge the voice that he has placed in us, the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of all believers. And that Holy Spirit will give us the peace of God. And it will surpass all understanding, all comprehension, all understanding, all reasoning because it comes directly from God. So let's look to God for financial decisions. Let's look to God and acknowledge that he's our source and realize that he wants to bless us. Bottom line, God wants to bless us. He made this earth. He made its creation so that we could enjoy it. And a lot of times people will go on vacation. They'll look at a beautiful lake or look at mountains and whatever. And many times they'll say, oh, that's pretty. And look how this guy made that and how they cut the grass and how they planted trees here and all that. Well, remember the trees that they're planting, God made. The water that they're enjoying and skiing on, God made. Even the ski that they're on was made from a material that was provided by God when he created everything. So God's our source. He has unlimited resources. And let's look to him. Let's seek him. Let's go to him and ask for his guidance and direction in all that we do. There's one more topic that I'd like to discuss when it comes to understanding God as our source and and understanding how he wants to provide his resources for us. And that is the area of giving. Giving is crucial when we're looking for God's direction and his blessing in our finances. I believe that giving brings forth the resources of God. In order to receive anything in life, we're going to have to give. And if we give, it'll come back to us what we sow, we reap. Whatever we give out will come back to us. The Word of God talks about that often. And when it comes to the subject of giving of our finances to the work of the Lord, in the book of Malachi, in chapter 3, in verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes, that's our offerings, what we give to the work of the Lord, and it's the blessings that we have been blessed with to give a portion of it back to God. It says, into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. See, that's his resources right there. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says, try it. Put me to the test. God says, if you are willing to give. If you'll give of what you have back to my church to bless others, he said, you can test me in this and see if I won't pour out a blessing you won't even be able to handle. So it's very obvious to me, and I'm sure it is to you, that giving will bring forth the resources of God. Giving will provide for us to look at God as our source, and then he'll want to bless us. He'll have a desire to bless us. So it's important that we understand the significance of giving in order to receive in our finances. In Proverbs 14, verse 31, it tells us, Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but helping the poor honors him. Here it's telling us that we must help those who don't have as much as we have or have great needs or need financial help. It actually says those who oppress the poor insult their maker, which simply means it's insulting God if we don't help others when God has blessed us with what we have. So it's crucial we understand that and that we never miss out on an opportunity to help someone who is deserving of help. Then in Proverbs 21, verse 26, it says this, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. 
That's a wonderful statement because it's so true. It really is true. If people love God and and love others, then they want to be of help and to give to others. But it says some people are always greedy for more. They're always looking to get more, to make more, to keep more. In past years, when I was investing and doing a lot of different things in real estate and with our company, I would have these brokers, these stockbrokers and these investment brokers call me up and they'd say, I want to help you with your finances because the key to financial success is to make money and the more you make, the more you want to keep. And it really kind of offended me when they would say that because I always thought the more I made, made me have the ability to give to others. It's one thing to make it, but it's another great blessing to to give away. So if I'm going to go to God and ask him to release his resources to me so that I, I should add to it so that I can be a blessing for my life, for my family's life, but also a blessing to others. And it's never right to hoard back money to keep and to to keep funds and to hold them back from helping other people. I'm not saying you have to give away everything that you make. I'm saying that, that we need to understand that there's a balance. There's a proper balance. God wants to bless us. He is our source. We know that. And he wants to bless us with his resources. And when he does, I believe there's an obligation that goes along with it that we should then be generous and learn to be great givers and just wait and see how God's going to bless us. Before I close out, I need a word of caution about giving because it's important to give, but it's also important to understand that our motives need to be right. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking here and he's talking about power of giving, but he gives a word of caution. And anytime I see Jesus speaking, I'm going to spend a little extra time listening to what it says here. So in Matthew chapter 6, in the New Living Translation, verse number 1, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And another translation will say he'll reward you openly. So it's important we understand that giving is crucial. It's vital. But don't go around bragging about it. Don't boast about it. I have a difficult time when I see some celebrity who's making 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year, and then somehow he's on TV and he gives $2,000 or $5,000 worth of furniture to somebody that's in need. And they make a big deal out of it and they put it on the news and they talk about this incredible generous person. Well, the Bible tells us that person just received their reward. They received their reward here by people saying, oh, that's nice. But that's not the kind of giving that God wants us to place in our life. He wants us to give. It says, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So we know that God's going to reward us when we give. We know that God wants to bless us. We know that he is our source. We we know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We realize now that, that God is able to meet every need that we could possibly ever had because he's a God without limits. So in a quick review, we need to understand that we need to 
understand that God is our source, so we need to draw close to Him, we need to be thankful, and we need to give to others and be a blessing to others in need. So I hope that you receive something from this teaching today, from this episode. I've really enjoyed doing this, and we're going to continue on this series for a while, talking about God is our source, and that He brings every good and perfect gift to His people. He wants to bless us. So let me just pray a blessing over you right now before we close out this episode. Father, I pray a blessing now would be upon those who are listening in today. I pray that they would receive abundantly from you, Father, that as they draw close to you, Lord, that you'll draw close to them, Father God. And Lord, as they give of what they have to others, Father, that you'll bless it and you'll multiply it, and you'll pour out a blessing, Father God, that they won't even be able to contain. They won't be able to hold on to. It'll be more than they ever imagined or even thought. That's what I believe you'll do in the lives of each and every person when we do what your word says, Father God, and we put you first, and we seek God the Creator, and are thankful for the creation he gave us, but God is our source in everything. We thank you for it now. Bless each one that's listening, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you're enjoying these teachings. I'm certainly enjoying doing them all. And there's additional information that I have available to you if you would like to get your hands on it. You could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And as you get to that front page, you'll notice on there there's a place where you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter that will be coming forth very, very soon. I'll be talking about subjects related to the teachings that I'm having in these particular months. So you can also, if you want to follow the teachings that I've had in other areas on finances, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As we go through this teaching, remember that God is our source. It's not our bank. It's not our inheritance from a family member. It's not necessarily some property that's going to sell, and it certainly isn't gambling or playing the lottery or those types of things. God is our source and that he wants to bless you and he wants to pour out a blessing to each and one of his followers. So I pray now that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Our next episode will be entitled Part 5 of knowing that God is our source in our finances. So until next time, may God richly bless you.